Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. So we are going to continue on the series we started last week called Founded. What it means to be founded. All right. It's, it's, it was good sharing with you all last week. And um, I was encouraged by what the word says. You know, I never take it by any means to uh, think I got something special to offer y'all, except for what it is that the Lord says. So know that when we're coming together, that that's how we're coming. We're not coming because there's some personality that's so special or somebody who's, oh, aren't they so, forget all that, man. <laughs> Get that out of here. Get that out of here. We have no time to praise man. We honor man for what they do and, 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 and follow God faithfully. But man, it is about focus and get your attentions. If I can do anything to point you to what does the Lord say and what is his direction for your life, that's a success right there. That's a win all day long. So come with that posture whenever you come to the house of God. Lean in. Get on the edge of your seat and lean in. If there's somebody standing there with a word, I don't care whether or not I think anything much of their personality or if they make me laugh or I don't like the way they speak or whatever else. The Lord has me there in a moment, so lean into the moment in order that God can do what he's calling you to do in your life, what what he wants to do in your life, rather. Okay? So lean into it today and lean into what God wants to say. So we're talking about being founded. And we defined that last week as this, to bring something into existence, to build a support in the ground for a large structure, such as a building or a road, to base a belief, claim, or idea, etc., on something. And we talked last week about being found by Christ. He found us and made us alive in him. And we were brought to a place where we were once dead and now we're alive in Christ. And because we've been made alive in Christ, he's the foundation of the rest of the whole process. So we're focused in on him. Like we gave you that object lesson last week. When I come up against something that is in my way or something that does not quite align with his word, I don't adjust his word, I adjust. I go and face my my face towards what he says, whether or not there's an obstacle in the way because what he says is the right way. His direction is the right direction. So that's the way that we come to him. Now we're gonna talk this week about being established in Christ. So let's read our background passage again and then we're gonna dive right into it. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 12. So put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, because he is. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Somebody say amen. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word and they were destined to do so. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Man, that's such a good word. It's like when you... You know when it says Selah in the Psalms? Pause and consider these things. Sometimes you just gotta take a Selah moment and pause and consider what the word is saying. Once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amen. 
Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul, and keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word today. All right. So we're going to talk about being established in Christ. So this thing of being founded, one, foundational truth is what's important, right? The beginning of it all in Christ. We talked about being found by him so that foundation is established. This week we're talking about being established in Christ, kind of like how you talk about an, an institution like a college being established in something or established on a particular day. We're talking about being established in Christ. So there's a couple of things to consider when you're talking about being established, okay, or founded. You begin at a certain point, right? There is a beginning point. There is a, an absolute reality of this. You came into the kingdom here. The process began. Life. But then there's also this thing of what the core values, the core focus of the institution is that does not change, right? So when something is founded, it's founded on a particular set of principles. Some of you guys who are business owners in here know, when you have new people come in, you want them to roll with what the foundation was. We were founded to do this. We are founded like this. Our core values are this. Our mission statement's this. You get the new guy who comes in and doesn't quite know what's going on, pretty quick he's gonna be in the CEO's office or the manager's office or the boss's office. Hey bro, um, just wanna remind you, this is what we do. Let it sink in. I got to remind you one more time, this is what we do. Okay? Those aren't always super comfortable moments, especially if you thought you were doing just fine and you had to be course corrected and reminded, this is what we do. It's one of the things Pastor George loves to do with us as a staff. We're in this, this, this group of us on a text and he'll text and remind us some things he did this morning. We got, I got you, Pastor. I got you. I got your text there. Remind us again. Because sometimes those core values have to be again reiterated because we don't want to veer from what those foundational truths are, that which we were founded or established upon. And the greatest thing is that we are established in Christ. And we need to know what that means and what that looks like for us as we walk this walk of faith, being founded in him. So I have a few things today on that point. So the first thing, we talked about this a little bit already. Our foundation is established in Christ. Our foundation is established in Christ. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by man, First Peter 4 right here, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. So we come to him first and foremost, like we talked about last week, to be made alive. We don't create something and then say, now I'm going to offer this up, which is good enough, which then God will accept me. We come to him to be made alive. We are dead in our sins and trespasses, but until we come to him, there's no possibility of that happening. But when we come to him, we've been made alive in Christ. So that's the reason we don't get veer, we don't veer off that course like we talked about last week and then get so far down the road that we feel like now there's something else that saves me. Now there's something else that assures me, you know, I've cleaned up a little bit. I'm not out at the club on Saturday night. I'm not smoking weed anymore. I'm not getting drunk anymore. I'm not stealing at work anymore. I'm not cheating on my wife, whatever. Now I have something to offer God and he'll accept. No, 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 no. 
The foundation is you didn't have anything to bring. You didn't have anything of worth, nor did I. As we quoted last week, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our righteousness is nothing that would please and honor him. But in his great love and mercy, like we just sang about, he provides the way, the only sacrifice possible that could atone for sin and make a place for us, he provides. The word says this in, in, in Isaiah, when, when he could find no other one, his own arm brought salvation. When he could find no other way, his own arm brought salvation. And that's what we're continually reminded. If you gotta get up every day and be reminded of that. Man, I, listen, I've led worship for, gosh, I'm, uh, 25 years, 26 years, something like that. And man, don't be fool that like every time I get up here, I feel good about it. <laughs> man, get up here some weeks, Pastor Suzanne's amen to me because she led worship for years. I came up under her direction. You get up someday, you feel like it. Your flesh is like, nah. I, I just got a new bed. Just came in yesterday. Yeah. You like it? It's good, right? Sleeping like a baby. Saints of God. People of the Lord. Not gonna lie to you or your mama or your daddy. But that bed was calling me and embracing me. You want to stay here? I joke with people all the time. Man, Pastor Pillow, Minister Mashers, and Bishop Box Spring are close friends of mine in ministry. <laughs> Appointments regularly to their office. And if you leave them, they you. <laughs> I was like, I was going to stay. Just stay. But I was like, no, you can't stay. You got to preach, bro. But even if not, I'd be here. Okay, trust me, trust me. But we can, we can begin to, to get this idea or this thought that like somehow we have a way that we could have created a, a place for ourselves. No, no. Or we can come and think, oh man, you know, like I was just saying, I always want to be here. I always feel like it. No, there's something that transcends how you feel beyond, and we need it right now. We are far, far, far down this path of lying to people. Oh, did you say, yeah, because I'm lying to you when I tell you, man, just follow your heart, follow your feelings. What? Come again? No. If I followed my feelings, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been up here doing my job, leading worship, or even been in the house of God sometimes, if you follow feelings. I wouldn't stay faithful to the Lord, faithful to my wife, my kids, faithful to honor the Lord while I was a single man. Wouldn't it, by feelings? Heck no. Not consistently, not ever. You know, one of the things, I, I preached a word a couple years ago, already set go and I'm harking back to my days in middle school track and um, I didn't grace you with the picture of me in my middle school track uniform. Maybe one day I will so you can get a laugh or two. Um, but my coach said something to me, great man of God, he's since passed away, I loved him so much. James Calvin Moore was my track coach. 
And he was a devout man of God and didn't, he, he, I don't know that they would have kept him in the school system these days because he was going to preach the gospel whether you said so or not in class, like during school <laughs> and not care. <laughs> but uh, whatever is like, no one's going to tell him, no, it's Mr. Moore. So I was like, awesome. So this guy, one day I'm at practice and I'm complaining. I was complaining about the workout because if you've ever run track, workouts are hard for track. That's, that's like people throwing up on falling over and whatever else because you got to work the body hard for that. And I'm complaining about this workout and he, I'm, he hears me and he was always like there. It's like, what? How did he hear that, man? Bro, I thought I said that to my friends without you knowing. And uh, he's he just walking along and doesn't even acknowledge us. And he said, well, losers always quit. And I was like, Judine. But he wrapped that up in the way that he was teaching us by saying, if you only work on the days when you feel good, you'll never get anywhere. Because he followed it up with that, sat us down. He would sit us down for a lesson in the classroom before we ever stepped on the track and talk to us about what it is that we're doing. And that's one of the things he said, and it stuck with me my entire life. He said, if you only work hard on the days you feel good, you will never make any progress. And I was a sixth grade kid, and I was like, that sounds like a good one. <laughs> 12 years old, what did I know? But I was like, that sounds like a good one. I think I'm going to keep that one. And I have. I'm 44 years old. That word still speaks to me. Because sometimes you don't feel like it. But we are not going by what we feel. We're going by the foundation Christ. So our focus and intention is because that's the foundation that's laid. And I don't veer from that based on how I feel. Verse six, for it stands in scripture, behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone. Remember, we talked about that last week quite a bit. Chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Our confidence is in him and what he's done for our lives. We will not be put to shame because we are in Christ. Not because what we offer is so good, but because we are in Christ. That's why sometimes it's helpful, man, as you get far down your walk with the Lord, to go back to somebody who's like in the pit still. Like coming just like one step out from nasty. <laughs> like just maybe a half step out from what they used to say, toe up from the flow up. That means doing really bad. <laughs> that means doing really bad. One step out. Because you remember, you're like, wow. Lord, look at what you've done in my life. So I encourage you as we get far down the road, don't forget, foundation is still the same, Christ. Two, our way of living is established in Christ. Our way of living is established in Christ. Back to verse four again. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Here's a point for you. Although we come to Christ to be saved and made alive, initially, we continue to come to him as we live our lives for his glory. We continue to come to him as we live our lives for his glory. Let me read the scripture first before I tell you this. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants. Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Look at this right here. Put away all these things, and like newborn infants. What is a newborn infant like? We've had a few at my house. They come often to you. 
because they can't do nothing. <laughs> that's not proper grammar, but that's okay. A newborn infant comes to you all the time. And some of you new mamas and mamas who can remember, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a miraculous work that women have a second and third and a fourth and a however many ch- children. Are you with me? Because I was there. I wasn't one of like to stay out of the room. I like, I wanted to be right there. And, and I cut the cord. I was right there with the doctor. I'm like, come on, doc, what are we doing? I'm like, I'm in position here. And I watched this woman give birth to six children with no drugs. Oh, Jesus. The fact that she went back. I joke, I'm like, I mess with her sometimes. I'm like, oh, I'm fine, but I ain't that fine. After going through that, and then once the baby's born, those little jokers, we were all, the, it's all of us human beings, okay, so it's fine. <laughs> babies that do not care. <laughs> Can I be honest? They do not care. I'm like, do you understand that you're not going to be able to eat if I can't go work and make money? No. It's all about me right now. I want this milk. I want this diaper change. I want you to bathe me. I want you to hold me and bounce me just right when I walk around. Don't, they don't care. Get it like in the mind of a baby, like if I could just know what they're thinking at that moment. It's, it's all about me right now. <laughs> but what does it say? As newborn infants, long. That's how we got along for the pure spiritual milk. So much so, it's every, nothing is gonna, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna stop crying, it's 2 a.m., but I'm not gonna stop crying until I get that milk, bro. There we go. How much of us hunger in that way for the word? That we've gotta desire that strongly, as newborn infants desire that pure spiritual milk. We gotta receive what he's bringing to us. That continual process. So here's the thing. When you look at this word, as you come to him, I want you to zero in on that. Underline it if, you, if, you, if you're a paper Bible person. Any of y'all paper Bible people still? Amen, hallelujah. Underline it, <laughs> highlight it, whatever. <laughs> um, when you look at that line there, if you'll look at Bible commentary with respect to that passage, that line um, has this idea of coming to him, okay? My wife and I, my wife's a, a copy editor, so she's all, the grammar and all that kind of business is like her business, okay? So this idea of as you come to him, like if it was a past tense, one time we're done thing, would say when you came to him, right? We would be dealing with that. But specifically this passage says as you come to him, it is left very open-ended because we continually must come to him. Not for salvation, but now we come for him to him for sustenance upon salvation, for sanctification upon salvation, for living out and walking out the process of everything that he's given us because we've now been made alive in Christ. But now, because I've been made alive in Christ, I have to know how to live in Christ. Okay? How do I live in him? Not just, hey, I got my ticket, I'm good, I'm going to heaven, now I'm gonna do my own thing for the next 10, 20, 20, 50, however many years I live. I'm going to come to him because I need to know how is it that I'm supposed to live? In this evil day, how do I live for you, Lord? What do I do in this situation? I'm coming to him. So as you come to him, 
because he's a living stone. And that's the thing about this, this idea also, let's go to the next thing, a living stone. He's not the cornerstone that just sits there, but he's a living stone. So we're in relationship with a living God. It's not just like he's back over there and I go and reference him, although we talked about the fact that he's established a foundation in a way that we continue in his word. He's a living stone that we relate to on a continual basis. And we're going to talk about some of those specifics here in a minute. Verse 11 says this, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. So there's some things that we put aside to go back to my friend Pastor Ron. We put aside because we're saying yes to some other things. So a yes here means a, a no here. A yes here might mean a whole bunch of no's over here. Think about it this way. We're, we got the graduation thing happening. It's the end of the school year. A kid goes up and, 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 and Justin will have young men sign scholarships and, and, um, or, or letter, what is it, letter of intent, something like that, yeah. Yeah, there you go, all the athletic director stuff. They sign to this university and it's a big moment because you know what in actual, actuality is happening at that moment. They say, yes, go into that school. They got the shirt on, the family's there, pictures, photo op. Yeah, 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 awesome, you got a future. But you know what actually happens in that moment is all the other schools that were recruiting. Sorry guys, no. Because I said yes here. So you want to find what is my best yes so that when I say, yes, this is what the Lord has for me, and I've said no to the other stuff, there's now no question. I don't have to go sitting here figuring out, oh, I don't know, should I, can I, maybe, should. Say yes here, which means no here. I'm gonna speak to you, if you're, if you're a young person, a single in the house today, there is a saying yes to the Lord and holiness in your single life. That's gonna mean no to a whole bunch of other stuff. And it's challenging, but it is what, truth is there's no option that you have young lady some sweet talking dude shows up if it's not the one the Lord brought for you to be married to in the words of an ancient African proverb ain't nobody got time for that It's not really an ancient African proverb, if you're wondering. It's not really. I just kind of put them together. Let's put, a, put that, just do that in there. No, no, no really, you say, that, that's it. Young man, that pretty little thing walks up. If it's not holy and she is the one the Lord is bringing, you don't have time for that. You've already said no if you said yes to the Lord to walk in holiness. Business person, you could fudge the numbers a little bit, kind of cut back, save a little cash here and not have integrity, but you already said yes to the Lord, so you actually don't have that option. Can I, can I say it again? You actually don't have the option. God, I guess we could. No, you couldn't. No, you can't, actually. The boss has me doing this project, but I could kind of adjust and maybe do my own thing. You actually don't have the option because you've already said I belong to him. And if I belong to the Lord, that my boss is beyond the boss I'm seeing here in front of me in the natural. There's a step above that. You know, one of the things early here, before I even came on staff in ministry here, that I appreciated pastor said to me one time, he's like, 
He said it publicly too. He said, I appreciate that Jamie said, his desire is not to please me, but to please the Lord. Because you know what? I figure if he's the one I got to answer to, if anybody else is mad that I obeyed him, they'll get over it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Just smile real big to him. It'll be okay. Honestly, not everybody has to hear and agree. I'm going to let it sink in right now for you. It's a word right now in this current generation. Not everybody has to agree with what you've got to do. If it was the Lord, period. What we do need to ask him for is, is wisdom on how to walk it out with people. You know, I don't have to mean cuss everybody out and be a jerk. Now I'm transgressing other commands <laughs> and directives. But I need to know that what is it that you say, Lord? What is it that I'm walking in that you have for me? As you come to him, it's open to continual. John 8, 31 to 32, you guys know that passage of scripture, I hope, about most people know this part, right? You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free, right? But what it says there in that passage leading up to that. If you continue in my word, then you're my true disciples. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, sometimes we like those benefits at the end without all the stuff that comes before it. That's right. right? Hello. Hello. You want to be free? Play a song? Dance? Yeah. Woo! Free? Yeah. Let's go, Jesus. All that. But you don't remember that the first part of the verse said, if you continue in my word. Then you're actually a disciple, and the disciple is free because the truth has come. Okay? So we sometimes have to remind ourselves of this because this is the reality that we walk in. And it's a continual thing. You guys are going to face situations. You're already facing situations which are there. But we got to know, man, it's that we are coming to him as you come to him. So let me put it out there. What does a believer do continually? Let's be super practical. What does a believer do continually? And if we're honest with ourselves, when I read this list off, you're going to be like, yeah, those are obvious. But then you're going to ask, you're going to say to yourself, wow, those are some of the most challenging things that I do in my life on a continual basis. What does a believer do continually? Read the Bible. If we're, if we're honest and I go take the survey, 95% of you or more are going to be like, that is one of the challenging things that I do in my life to be consistent in the word of God. Why? God understands, man, I got these kids. I got to take care of this responsibility, man. I woke up a little bit later, now I got to get to work. Got this project, we got to do this, we got to do that. This payment's due, we got this trip coming up. Man, you know, he's always there. Yesterday, today, forever. I'm your child. You're not gonna cast me in the hell right now. Right, but is it a priority? Is it as we come to him? Is it continual? That we come and we receive and we read his word. Second, that we pray. And not just spare tire prayer. You with me? We hit that spare tire prayer. I ain't said a word to God in two weeks and now stuff blows up. Oh, dear God. Oh, Lord. We beseech thee. As we come before thine presence, 
May it be unto me as it was unto those in the old. May your blessings rain upon me because my stuff is jacked up right now. And God, I need you to show up in the midst of it. Would you come into my mess, Jesus, right now? It's okay. He's not rejecting you, but come on, let's be honest with ourselves. I mean, like you had a friend and that's the only time they come when stuff gets bad? Come on, man, the only time? That's right, wave at me, Giorgio, I know you feel me. That's the only time you come into me when it blows up? Like, I've been here. I mean, I'm trying not to be offended with you, but like, come on, really? So let's not be spare tire prayer people. Let's wake up every day and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much that you've been faithful. One of the things that the Holy Spirit convicted me of when I was a single guy back in the day, going to college, I, I like food, okay? <laughs> Some people have I've been accused of having a hollow leg sometimes, or two. Um, yeah, don't be amen so quick, baby. Um, one of the things the Lord challenged me to do, because I mean, I would eat just, I, I, I won't even go over with you what I ate back when I was lifting weights back in college and stuff, all the food I ate, it was a ridiculous amount of food. But the Holy Spirit challenged me one day, I said, don't put a one bite of food in your mouth until you pray and read my word. Every day. I was like, get behind me, Satan. I can't be the Lord. All he was saying, I did. Are you, gonna, are you gonna come to me because this is that important? Or are you gonna say, after, after I have all of my spread of all the food I enjoy so much, it's, you know, and I'm comfortable, then yeah, now I'll pray and read the word. But that's us sometimes in comfort. Like everything's cool, yeah, you know, I'll put a little time aside, do my thing. But like, when it's a sacrifice to do that, when you gotta set the alarm and get up a little earlier, hello? When you'd rather stay in that nice warm bed? When you'd rather do something else? Are you going to set yourself to say, this is, I'm a believer, so I read the word. I'm a believer, I pray. Like period. It's not an optional thing. This is what I do as a believer. What else? I apply the word of God to every area of life and I allow it to renew my mind. Say it again, I apply the word of God to every area of life and I allow it to renew my mind. What does that mean? Entertainment, news media, social media. I'm only gonna stay with those right now. That's all we need, I think, this year. When's the last time you allowed the word of God to filter everything? You took that movie or that TV show and you said, what here honors God? And if it dishonors God, do I have the goods to stand up and say, no, we we can't consume that because it doesn't honor God? to actually give your kid a reason besides, no, mom and dad don't want you to listen to that. So then we develop little kids who are just going as more, with moralisms, and the minute they get free of our control, they'll do whatever they want. Yeah. Are we training disciples who say, I'm gonna look at that and assess whether this will honor the Lord, and I will say yes, or I will say no. And when I say yes to the Lord, I'm saying no to a whole bunch of other stuff because I've assessed and I've looked at it through the filter of what does God say, and that doesn't honor him. So I got to turn aside from that. As the scripture says, flee youthful lust. I got to put that aside. 
So my entertainment, that song, this movie, this TV show, whatever that might be, I have to say, what does it look like after I filter it through the word? And if nothing good is left, probably a good idea to wrap it up, kids. Get the car, honey, we're out. Filter it through that. The news media, what is the news saying? Lord, God, if you can find any news where there's not a spin. Left, right, center, everything. We got news saying this, news saying that, blah, 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 blah. You got news people who believe they are God. Oh, yeah, I'm going to jump on somebody's toes today. Believe they're God. They are going to set the narrative and the directive of all culture and history. They're going to tell you what the truth is. They're going to bring you on television in order to, well, we have a panel here. We're the arbiters of truth, and we're going to tell you whether or not this is acceptable, that which you believe. I mean, come on, people. I don't trust in it. I look and say, okay, what's going on? I'll look at the news for that. But I'm not going to sit here and take the, yeah, he, yep, he, that does not in all, any way, shape, or form lie with the word of God. But I like him. I like her on that channel. And the way they said that issue is going, that's, that's exactly what I'm going with. I'm not going to go to my Bible. I mean, come on. The Bible was written so long ago. Oh, say that. Come on now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I got to be current and relevant. Ooh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You better get your news and filter it through the word of God, people. Get your news and filter it through the word of God. Because if what is being stated is not in alignment with him, with the Holy Spirit, then you better shut it down. Critique and correct if you got authority to do so, sure. We spend our lives doing narratives in my house. Sometimes our kids get tired of us. We narrate everything. Be watching a movie and they'll be like, oh, Dada, pause. Hey, kids, did you see this scene here? Everybody get your journal out of the drawer. (laughs) That is ungodly. That doesn't line up with the word. And if it's small enough and minute enough that it's just like regular life, I'll let you go. But if it's off the rails, then it's turning off. It's just not even going to be on to begin with. And that almost never happens in our house because we filter stuff so much, again, to the chagrin at times of my children. Because, hey, we can't watch it. No, you can't watch it because I didn't watch it yet, bro. What do you mean? You can watch something just straight up, like, out of nowhere? Like, I'm supposed to be, like, at the gate. Like, I'm the gatekeeper of my home standing before the Lord, but then not actually do it? Come on now. Oh, oh, we want to tell the truth? Oh, we want to be Christians and tell the truth of what we're supposed to do and then actually be faithful to it. Come on now, let the word of God filter everything. Get that social media post that your friend put up. Boy, you better get it and look at it based on the word. I don't care if you, oh, we've been friends for so long. I just love that person. They could be wrong too. W-R-A-W-N-G, wrong. People are like, what on earth was that? Wrong. That kind of wrong. Dead wrong. That's okay. Disagree. Disagree. And be like, that's wrong. I love you. That's wrong, bro. Missed. You, you missed. You missed the boat. Everything. They just sailed on by. You just standing there knee deep in the water. Oh, there we go. You missed it. 
that is not in alignment with God and his truth. And we have to be willing to do that and still walk in love. We can go out to eat, man. We can be friends. We can take a walk, talk, whatever. I'll pray for you. But I can't change his word. So we got to filter through the word, everything that comes into our lives. Here's what it says in Proverbs 4.23, one of my favorite scriptures. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Keep your heart with all vigilance. One of my favorite words I heard was from my friend Sarah Bess up here on the sixth row. When she was sharing a message at the school and she called it, guard your gates. And it's like, you know when sometimes you get a title, like it's a good word, but you, you, like from the title, I was like, I stood up at the title, I was like, oh, hey, 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 let's go, let's go. Let's hear, let's hear this word, I'm leaning in right now. And she spoke about the guarding of our eyes and our ears and our mouth and our heart as a result of that. How do we guard? Because it's important. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Oh, shoot. That's why when you have that thought and you're like, oh my God, really? I was totally being hateful to that person. I wouldn't say it to them because that wouldn't be, you know, respectful. But I thought it. That's the level Jesus is wanting us to get to. Keeping your heart. And what is the word there? Vigilance. Vigilance means I am watching carefully. You know, and here's something I want to challenge all of us. I'm at my house yesterday, okay? I got the alarm system. I got the little ring doorbell on the front. You know, the little ring camera everybody uses now. Sometimes you could just turn it on just to see, like, who's out there in the neighborhood. Mine kind of gets the, gets the street. Like, what the neighbor's doing walking across my yard? I'm not home. We got that. Man, we got cameras on the sides of the house, all that stuff. Vigilance is what gives way to that. You go and push your button, you got an alarm on your car. We have identity theft protection. And then I wonder, how much vigilance are we applying to our soul? How much vigilance are we taking when, as we come to him, we keep our heart? We trust in him and say, Lord, what's coming in? What am I going to allow in? Because I'm going to determine that. And will I do it faithfully? And lastly, stay faithful to gather with other believers. These are just, these are things that believers do continually. Stay faithful to gather with other believers, church and small groups. As we face the challenges we faced in the last year with COVID, that's one of the things that although we had to make some decisions, some of us to say, yeah, I'm going to have to be careful about my health. Watch out. Maybe I might not be able to go into this group, that group, whatever, to be careful with their health. We can't allow that to then be extrapolated to a point now where it just doesn't matter whether I come. Because we're called to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but to do it even more as we see the day approaching, not less. So this is again a Holy Spirit thing where we have to say, okay, Lord, where am I? Is it that I've become lax on it or am I actually still being faithful to you in this? And this is where we have to say, Lord, where am I? We have to ask honest questions of ourselves and then say, man, keeping your heart with all vigilance and diligence, what does that mean? What am I doing with this? So I encourage you in that. Keep that in front of you and stay faithful to these things that believers do. And lastly, 
the last point. Our future is established in Christ. Our future is established in Christ. Verse 12 says this, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. On the day of visitation. Let's spend a moment there. Our conduct must glorify God now and in the future. Our conduct must glorify God now and in the future. And here's the deal. When you look at this idea of the day of visitation in the scripture, even as you go and read Bible commentary and look at that idea, the day of visitation often looks like, okay, when he eventually comes for the day of judgment. But if you look at it fully in the context of the whole scripture, this is a continual back to our point in verse 4. As you come to him, if we look at that with that thought process at the very end down in verse 12, the day of visitation is actually the day you meet him, each day as you live in him, and then the eventual day of judgment that's coming. I'm going to say it again. The day of visitation is when you meet him, each day as you live for him, and then the future day of judgment that's coming. All of it has Jesus in the midst. Every day is the day of visitation. Every day is a day of walking with him. Every day is a day of being established and founded on the cornerstone. Every day is realizing that I'm alive in Christ. Every day is continuing in the things that he's called me to do faithfully. Every day is looking forward with hope to the future that he has for me. Every day. So I continue in what he says and the day of visitation, again, refers to all of that. So it's the initial encounter we have with God, it's our life lived for Him, and then the final judgment that's to come. Jesus is the cornerstone and the standard in all three of these, continually. Stand with me today. Jesus is still the foundation in all of those. We are established to continue and come to Him and focus in on what He says every single day of our lives. So I'm gonna leave you with three words. Foundation, following future. So as we go today, I want to help you wrap up what we've talked about today. I know I said a lot of stuff. Foundation, following future. Jesus establishes your firm foundation from which you begin. He is with you in your following his ways every day of your life. And all those things we just talked about in detail. And then he's there giving you a hope and a future in the end of all of it, still established in Him. So I encourage you today, church, keep Him as a firm and a solid foundation. Follow faithfully everything that He calls you to do. And then remember that your future is secure, not because of you, but because of Him. Your eyes are lifted up, not because of what you think you might have earned, but because of what He has prepared and supplied for you already in the future. Lord, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for what you've done already. I thank you that we are founded and we are established in you and of you. We don't look to ourselves, but we look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. As some translations say, interesting enough, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And so we look today to Jesus in all things. And Lord, I declare that in this house, there are people today who need to go back to the drawing board and look at some areas of their lives and say, Lord, where have I not applied your word? 
Where have I not been faithful to what you have said? And I've gone more with what I feel or what I think or what those around me feel or think. I declare that they will look today and say, Lord, let your word be first and last in all these things. Let your direction be the one that I choose in all things. Let your Holy Spirit lead and guide me, as it says, into all truth. And today, Father, I pray for the one in here who does not know you. If that's you today, you can raise a hand, look up, but we're going to pray this prayer together and I'm going to declare an opportunity for you to come to Jesus and begin the process of being founded in Christ. Say this with me, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have prepared a way of salvation for me. Thank you for going to the cross in my place to cleanse me of my sin and make me right with the Father. I embrace what you have for me. I wanna follow in your ways. I wanna believe for the hope and the future that you set for me in you. In your name I pray, amen. Come on, give praise today. today if that's you today and you, you you prayed that prayer again I don't want to do a drive-by with this I want to encourage you like we did last week do not try by yourself our society wants individualism right now you make a decision but you're not called as an individual to stay as an individual you're called into the family of God the word says God sets the solitary one in a family he does it in the natural and then he does it in the spirit, the language of family. And so I encourage you, contact us. There's plenty of people who can disciple you, who can meet with you, spend time. We have connect groups. Do not walk by yourself because do not waste one day on what the enemy's plan is. He has a plan for your life like God does. And he would love for you to walk out of the building and say, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, the whole God thing, good. You put your peace in. Now get back to what I have for you. So I encourage you today, do not be that person. Grab a hold of whoever you can. Grab a hold of some teaching, some training, a group, so that you can walk out what God has for you and see him grow you up and teach you and disciple you and train you in the ways that he has for you. Because here's the deal. God will do everything necessary, but there is a choice you have to make to receive it. He's already established and made a way, but you got to receive it. And so I'm I implore you today, do not walk by yourself. The enemy would love to try to take you out that way, but I'm saying greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So get connected and walk in what God has for you. All right, I love y'all. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.